Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. All right. First, first episode. Maybe. This may be the second episode. Oh, maybe. Because we'll have to do an introduction. <laughs> we'll do an introduction <laughs> we'll and introduce ourselves. We'll see. So the topic on the plate today is different ways to measure progress. The typical response that people get when, or the, the client who comes to us, they often say, this is how much I weigh. This is how much I want to weigh. And that's really the common measure of progress. But what are some of the, the issues with that? What are your thoughts on the scale as the measure of progress um, in your experience? Um, well, I think it's really important to address that weight and fat are two very different things. So weight is probably not the best measure of progress because as your weight increases, it could, we don't know what it's made up of necessarily. So it could be fat, it could be muscle. And since muscle weighs more than fat, you might see the weight jump up on a scale when you're actually gaining muscle and not fat. So um, I think emotionally it can take a toll on us sometimes when we're just using the weight as a measurement. So I think there are, there are some positives and some negatives to using weight. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And, and uh, something I've seen as well, and you actually pointed out uh, a graphic that I've seen, and you may be more familiar with this than I am, but it was six or seven different ladies all weighing the same. But their bodies were very different. They look completely different. Yeah. So to come to us, and granted, most of our clients have a, an idea of the weight they want to hit, but weight does look different on different bodies. So if I go to my neighbor or somebody and they say, oh, I, I'm at this weight, I lost this amount of pounds, that may not be a good reference for us because we may not know our healthy weight. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, so yeah, weight, but I mean, weight's still important um, in, in certain ways, just because we still need to understand what is a healthy range for us. Um, but it's hard to know that without establishing healthy principles. Once the healthy principles are in place, I feel like at that point, then we can start looking at the scale as oh, this is my healthy range. But without those healthy um, foundations set up, it's really hard to know what that healthy weight is. Exactly. And I think it also can be helpful to monitor because sometimes you're, you can see it drop quickly and perhaps you're maybe losing too much muscle and then you can realize, oh, I'm not eating enough. So I need to maybe eat more protein to, to keep on that muscle. So there are definitely some positives to looking at weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that actually goes into one of the other ways to measure progress, which is still a scale, but it's a different kind of scale. I know we have, it's a kind of like a Renfro scale. I think that's the brand. Um, there's no sponsorship attached to that. <laughs> um, but it reads out uh, body fat percentage, muscle mass, um, other indicators of 
progress that we may see along the journey of health, um, especially if we have a good exercise program in place. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the measures on that scale that you like so much? Um, I I like really tracking body fat percentage, um, but it's also really hard on a scale because um, there is a certain two to three, maybe even up to 5% error rate with scales. Um, because I, I don't think even the DEXA scan, it's, which is like the best body fat percentage calculator out there, or program out there, um, it still even has an error rate to it. But I like seeing the body fat percentage mm-hmm. go down um, because for me, that's a better indicator of progress because I'd like to get to a six pack or see muscle development, but without the fat accumulation. So body fat percentage is really a good indicator and in combination with muscle mass. So if I can keep my body fat percentage um, at a level platform and then increase my muscle mass, I know I'm increasing my muscle mass while keeping my body fat percentage the same, which is the progress really that I'm looking for. You totally geek out on that stuff. I I love numbers. (laughs) I am a math geek. Um, But to your point about the scale, I think that's why it's so important to choose one scale and continue to use that through the duration of whatever plan that you follow through with, because that's going to be more consistent with your progress as opposed to going on different scales that could give you some different measurements, even within the minutes apart. Yeah, definitely. And in like time of day is also something that's a factor. Um, Most people, and I, I do this myself, they like to to weigh themselves first thing in the morning. So I get up, go to the bathroom, get on the scale before I start drinking any water um, or doing anything else, or even that first really important snack of the day to, to cure that those hunger pangs from the night. Oh, I'm that person too. Scale first. Scale first. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I had something on my mind. Now I already, already. Lost well, we're it. getting off track anyway. We're going on a tangent, so we are. But let's, uh, let's go uh, into another measure of progress. Oh, I, I actually do know oh, what I was, okay. was going to say. Um, how often should you measure yourself mm. on a scale? Uh, probably, if you're going to be measuring yourself on a scale, you should probably do it pretty frequently because you could fluctuate so much, even just in one day, and it could be water weight. So for example, I just had a client I spoke with yesterday who took ibuprofen and his scale jumped up three pounds the next day. And he panicked and he did a little Google search and found out that ibuprofen helps you can uh, hold on to water. And sure enough, the next day that water weight was gone. So by taking your weight uh, a few times over the course of a week, you can take an average of that weight and that average will be a far more accurate representation as to whether the, your weight has changed or not, than it will be if you just took it once per week and it just happened to land on a day when you have some extra water weight due to taking ibuprofen or eating some extra carbs the day before. Yeah. So in, in some ways it's helpful to go through the, the extremes. It's either you should do it many times during the week. So let's say three out of four days out of the week or once a month. Because mm-hmm. um, that middle ground is just going to be, you may hit a high day and panic um, or you may hit a low day and that's really a false positive for you. Um, so either do it very intermittently, like once a month or very frequently. 
Yeah. And I'm one of those people, I prefer to do it intermittently. Um, so I don't do it very often. Um, and also I want to add that if you have an emotional attachment to the scale and you can't detach yourself from whatever number it is, regardless of what it is, we implore you to put the scale away and follow another measure of progress. Cause like we said, weight on the scale, it's not necessarily the best measurement and you absolutely don't need it. So if you are unable to detach from it, it's helpful to put it somewhere where you can't find it. Yeah. It's in, in the end, it's just information, but if that increases your stress, then it's not worth it. It's not worth it. hundred percent agree. Um, so we've had mixed reviews when it comes to this scale. Um, I know something we try to, to get our clients to do is just take progress photos, just a simple picture. Um, how is that helpful? And again, frequency around taking the picture. What's, what's the pros and cons? Uh, so progress photos are definitely my preferred preferred way of keeping track of someone's progress because you can look at a photo of yourself and you can see ma- a massive difference in how you look just based on how your muscle is distributed and just how much muscle you've gained that time. Um, which is why, again, the weight isn't necessarily going to matter because your weight can go up so much, but with a progress photo, you can see those difference and you can see a dramatic difference regardless of even if your scale has jumped up quite a bit. So I, I think of progress photos as being a very positive thing. I'm not, I'm not really thinking of any negative, negative reasons for a progress photo other than it may, I mean, you may not want to see it right away, but (laughs) yeah, I guess the only, uh, potential downfall potential downfall would be if you're getting too self-critical about um and then that judgment mindset of i don't really like the way i look there and it it becomes more of an aesthetic thing as mm-hmm. opposed to i'm on this journey to health yeah um it's definitely the journey and but i think once you have been following a plan for a while and you start looking at your progress photos next to each other, you're going to feel so empowered and so motivated to keep going by looking at those photos that even the, the, the negative associations when you first took them will probably cancel themselves out. Yeah. So I guess the, the big takeaway is it's, it's great to help with motivation, but very similar to the scale or anything, um, there's no place for judgment from where you were. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why you you were, you were there and maybe it was work stress, life stress that resulted in that body that you had. And now you're trying to progress that life into a healthier version of you. That doesn't mean you should place judgment on um, mm-hmm. that initial picture um, because it served you for that time of your life. And I think another positive for progress photos is it's you versus you, right? So mm-hmm. it's not you versus someone on social media that you want to look like. It's what you looked like in the past and it's your journey. So it makes it very personalized to you and your body and what you're actually able to achieve genetically based on your, your metrics and the way that you look. So it's, it takes away that comparison piece. And I really like the focus on you versus you. Yeah, me too. Um, All right. The other thing before we get into like maybe some performance and and coaching style stuff is measurements. What are some measurements that we can take to see progress over time? Um, I ask my clients to take measurements of their hip, chest, and waist. 
And when they start seeing results, those measurements will often go down, even if the weight again on the scale is going up because the muscle is going to, it's going to tighten that and tone it down, especially in the midsection. So when you start seeing results, those measurements, especially in your midsection are going to start going down. Yeah. And then even for guys, um, so much of our weight is carried in that stomach area. So that, um, chest will carry some weight, but most of that is distributed in that midsection where that visceral fat and things like that are. So having that waist measurement, right, probably right above the belly button, mm-hmm. um, yeah. right above that belly button, that's really going to be that indicator of if that's going down and maybe the overall scale is going up, it's probably an indication that you're That's gaining, a good thing. Yeah, that's a great thing where yeah. you're probably gaining muscle um, and losing that, that body fat, which is really what most of our clients are looking for. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So one of the other things we like to measure is how are you feeling in the gym or performance-based stuff? Mm. Um, I know for me, I like being somewhat competitive in the gym. So if I see my back squat, one rep max, five rep max, whatever that is, is going up and maybe you're not the type of person who needs a max lift, but maybe the barbell that you once thought was heavy is becoming a little lighter or as you're jumping on a treadmill or the stair climber at a rate of, let's say four or five on the speed it feels a little easier. So as you progress through in the gym, that is probably an indication that your food is dialed in. You're probably getting proper sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on using performance as a measure of progress? I think like you said, that that's an excellent measure of progress. Uh, as long as you're able to push a little harder and maybe a little more intensely each day you go, then you know, you're doing something right. Conversely, if you are suddenly not able to do as much, you're feeling lethargic or you just, you don't have that motivation when you're at the gym, then you might not be fueling yourself properly and you may need to eat more. So I think that's a great measurement of progress to help you see where you're at. Real quick, if you haven't already downloaded our macros and metabolism makeover guide, you're going to want to do that as soon as possible. It's a great resource to learn how to safely and sustainably lose fat and manage your weight on your own without any crazy detoxes or calorie restrictions. Visit our website at prettyhealthyfamily.com or check out the show notes to download it. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. In the end, the best athletes end up having to focus on nutrition, sleep, proper recovery. So even if they're so focused on performance and lifting the big weights and they're trying to um, eat whatever just to fuel themselves, over time they will have to focus on nutrition, sleep, and recovery. Um, where I see a potential downfall in this is the over-exerciser. Um, the person who thinks mm. that for me to increase my mile time, I need to run a mile every day. Um, and what, and maybe this is because I'm, I'm an old man now in my 40 years. Um, but I work out a lot less than I used to, and I feel so much better and all my lifts are up. And you look better too, in mm-hmm. terms of the society standards of yeah. what a healthy male body physique should look like too. Yeah. And I, I'm lifting weights four days a week. 
Everything else is a long walk. Um, trying to de-stress to make sure those days that I'm lifting, I'm doing as much as I can in that hour. But I used to be there for two hours every single day of the week, like six <laughs> days a week. And I constantly felt sluggish and was frustrated by my performance. As was I. <laughs> she spent so much time at the yeah. gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that essentially came first in so many of like our dynamic. Um, so, and, and I guess that kind of comes full, full circle in that, like for you to be your best self, it is relationships. It's your sleep. It's your recovery. It's your nutrition. When we think about the healthy picture of you, Exercise is a big part, but it's not that big or more important than relationships, nutrition, all Mm -hmm. these things that truly matter in the end. Um, When I think about who I want to be as an old, old man on my dying day, I don't care if somebody says, yeah, he had a six minute mile. (laughs) It's going to be he was a loving father and all those reasons that our, our core why we want to be healthy. So that just needs to stay in perspective for those over exercisers. And I think that, uh, leads us into our next progress, uh, measure, which is biofeedback, how you feel, because it's so crucial to, to feel good in order to be yourself, your, be your best self, to be your best self for your family. Uh, so I can be my best self for you, um, and for baby Beckett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some measures of biofeedback and how you feel? Really? Um, I feel like this is the wow factor that all the clients get through. Um, it's in that second, third week where they're amazed by how much better they feel. And many times with eating more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that feeling of energy. It's that feeling like, Oh, I'm sleeping through the night I didn't know that nutrition was playing a part in me not being able to sleep through the night or I'm feeling more comfortable in the gym. I didn't know nutrition and doing some of the things that you recommend um, were going to play a part in that. And I'm overall just a happier person. So it's feeling energy, feeling optimistic and happy about your progress and happy about like the stress levels are not as high because I know, or I have a plan on how to be healthier. Yeah. I love that. And also it's, it's seeing those things go away that you got so used to just thinking we're normal, like feeling hangry or lethargic and like just cold all the time, that stuff starts to just go away. And as you start to feel better, that's such a beautiful measure of progress. And I feel like that's really irreplaceable. Yeah. And and I think especially for women, as that time of the month comes around and certain cramping comes along, um, how nutrition plays a part in that, how the sleep plays a part in that, how the overall health plays a part in that, mm-hmm. um, and helps somewhat reduce some of that. Granted, I have no idea. I, I <laughs> well, it's so common for women to think that being irritable or having PMS around your cycle is normal, but when in reality, that that's not normal. We shouldn't feel that way. So that's one of those, it's a great measure of biofeedback when 
when we start to actually realize that, oh, we don't have to feel that way. Like that isn't normal. I can, I can actually feel good. I, I don't have to be hangry. I don't have to be moody or irritable because that's, that's not the way we're actually designed. Yeah. Us men, we don't have an excuse. We're just irritable. <laughs> men have hormones too. <laughs> we do. They're overlooked, I think. Yeah. But women's are definitely more complicated. Yeah. We're, we, we downplay <laughs> our uh, emotions and stuff like that. Um, so we have a couple more here. Uh, sleep is the next one. Um, and how you sleep. And I, I kind of laugh a little bit because how many people I run into who say, well, I'm, I'm usually, I'm good with five to six hours. And as they incorporate seven to eight hours, they realize that they weren't actually a five to six hour sleeper. Um, <laughs> but it takes a little bit of time to, to um, incorporate that to the, the seven to eight hours mm-hmm. and the routines around down regulating your stress levels, your life to be able to sleep, uh, seven to eight hours. But, um, do you see people using their sleep as a guide to, as an indication that they're on the right track? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, had another client recently who initially he started feeling better because he was able to fall asleep faster. Um, and he was still waking up for a little while when we first started working together in the middle of the night, but now he's actually sleeping through the night and feeling really restful when he wakes up. Um, and that is, that's such a positive thing. It's such a great way to know that you're making progress. Um, a lot of people think that just because I did sleep through the night, um, but it was, it, it wasn't restful that, that you still had good sleep. And that's not necessarily the case. There's a big difference between good quality sleep, even if you do sleep through the night for seven hours straight. So, um, that's another one of those things you don't realize how bad it was until it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it also leads into a desire to look at other aspects of your life. Um, I know for us having a glass of wine or beer, nightly was a common thing um, <laughs> until we started being real with ourselves and be like, I don't sleep that well. Oh my gosh. It affected our sleep. So yeah. And, and, it, and then we didn't even realize it until we stopped. And I, I think it took baby Beckett um, and you being <laughs> pregnant for us to really think about it that way. Um, but granted, then you didn't sleep for a different reason, <laughs> but yeah, I went to sleep fine. And, and all you moms out there, we realize it's not realistic for you to necessarily get the best sleep all night long. Once you have a kid, it all changes, but you do the best you can. You do the best you can. <laughs> um, all right. So the last thing I really wanted to talk about and one that I really like to use as my measure of progress for myself and my clients is consistency. Um, I've even talked to one of my clients about getting the a, a very simple calendar when you're able to do what we plan to do very simple actions just put an x on a calendar and as you look back from a week or two weeks you look at how many x's you were able to put on that calendar that shows you you're consistent um so being consistent with certain habits that's what's really going to lead to the success that you really want to see so tracking consistency just makes sense it absolutely makes sense. And I also want to add that it's 80% consistent. It's not 100% consistent because 100% consistency is not realistic. So it's just a matter of being consistent for 80% of the time and you know that you're going to see results. So 
essentially what you're saying is the goal isn't to be really healthy. It's to pre- be pretty healthy. Pretty healthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Saw that one coming. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I mean, we follow our own advice. Like Monday yeah. through Friday, we try to dial it in um, because we are people of, of habit. We like to just. Mm-hmm. I like routine. I like routine. And, and it's really helpful for us. But Friday or Saturday comes and around noon, I'm going to want a beer on Saturday. Yeah. And Saturday night. We have pizza. We have pizza. And it's not like we throw in the towel and just binge all weekend long. It's not like that. We just, we let our hair loose a little bit and we put our feet up and we enjoy a beer and pizza. Yeah. And I think it (laughs) makes sense. And I really like what you say in that we just don't let ourselves go in the back of our mind. We're still valuing food quality. We're still looking at the food that we get in a rough scope of our macros, trying to hit around the protein goals, around the the calorie goals that we have for the day. But if we're 500 calories off, I'm not like stressing over that because I I really, it's not going to matter in the long run because I've dialed it in for four, five, six days out of the week. Yeah. Um, so the key with that consistency is to find a target that you can actually hit five to six days out of the week. So if you're trying to chase a target that you can only hit two to three days out of the week, try to scale that back a little bit to allow yourself that excitement that, oh, I was able to hit 80%. Now that I'm doing it consistently from week to week, let's increase that target to get a little bit closer to our goals And then again, try to hit that consistency week to week. Um, And that's really how progress is going to be made. Yeah, absolutely. If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com. Thank you.